Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. Hi, everyone. So good to be here in Toronto. Hey, when I got here, it was many years ago, I was um, with the Youth with a Mission. Uh, in 93, 94, 95, in Cambridge Base, about one hour and a half from here. And I arrived, uh, we were coming, coming back from Central America with the outreach from YWAM, and we heard there was a revival in Toronto. That was end of January, 94. So we were like, God, what's going on? Like, you know, a bit curious, to be honest. We went to the local vineyard church in Cambridge at the time, and there was a lot of people down on the floor. And the next Sunday, we went to the old building of the vineyard church, this church. And when we entered the building, we saw all the people laying down on the floor there. And I'm like, that feels good. You know, that was like, yeah, come on, Lord, that looks good. Because my mom, when I was young, used to show us Catherine Kuhlsman video uh, when I was 13, 14. And she was explaining us what was going on on TV and everything. And then we, so when I saw that, I'm like, it feels what I saw on TV. So let me get down on the line, got on the line, got prayed for hit the floor, end of January 94, got so wrecked in the spirit, got drunk for two hours, going back to the base, YWAM base, Cambridge, sharing with everybody what was going on, say, yeah, it's the Holy Spirit, come, you need to meet, you need to come and see. Got back to my church uh, a month later before I came back uh, to meet my pastor, shook him by the collar, telling him, yeah, there's a revival in Toronto, you need to call, go. And then my parents went there, came here, and then my, my sister came here. She did the very first school in 95 with Peter Jackson, uh, and that was uh, the very first school. And uh, what God has done there was like, Ha, it's settled. I'm daddy's, I'm daddy's daughter. You know, it's settled something in my heart that became unshakable about who I was. Meeting the Father through the Holy Spirit and touching my life and changing things in my life. It did more on that floor of two hours than maybe some years of counseling. So... What I want to share is another story about that. Is when I had a friend that used to come here because that came here in '95 because he heard about the revival. And at the time, at the back here, there was no fences. Now there is fences, but they used to have bushes. And he had no money, 20-year-old, no money. He said, well, I want to meet, and I want to see, and I want to encounter the presence. So he actually slept at the back of the bushes there. He was so hungry, queuing, getting in, going every day to say, yeah, I want to receive, I want to, to, to meet the Holy Spirit and Father God. And then a, a lady from the church here saw him sleeping at the back. Of the, of the bushes. So she said, oh, I see you sleeping here. Why don't you come 
my son has a house downtown, and uh, maybe you can go and sleep there. And he thought, well, it's probably better, even if it's a bit further down, than to sleep behind on the hot ground, right? So he decided to go downtown, and then when he got there, it was actually, um, let's say, there was prostitutes, there was drug addicts, and the guy, the son was actually, of that lady, was running the place. Yeah. So he walked in and I said, well, that's not what I was expecting. But never mind. He thought, ha, God, if you want me here, there must be a reason. That's how far he was willing to go and say, Jesus, whatever, right? So he was coming every evening, like at one or two uh, in the morning, and all the house was still up. And they were like, come on, after being to church, you look more wrecked than all of us. It's like, you look more drunk, more out of it than all of us. What's going on? Hey, so what he's done is that, said, well, next day, come with me. So he said, okay, I'll come with you. So the next day he comes he hear the preach as no ch church culture, no church culture. He didn't know anything, but he stood on the line, received prayer, and bang, he hit the floor. And then after one hour, stood up on the carpet, and he, my friend asked him, "What happened?" And he said, "Oh, man, I can't, I can't imitate the accent, right? I'm not even Canadian." So. <laughs> That won't work, but it was very slang English. And he said, I saw a big ball of fire coming down in front of me. I opened my mouth and I swallowed it and I went down on the floor. Ha! That is absolutely the Holy Spirit meeting him right there. And so my friend told him, So that was the Holy Spirit. Do you want to meet Jesus? And he said, yes. And he accepted Jesus in his life. And if you are hearing this message over the video right now, and you need to encounter Jesus is there for you, whatever you're going through, whatever is your life has been. He wants to remove all that shame, everything, and he wants to meet you right there. So, hey, ho, come Holy Spirit. So, I want to share uh, from John 4 today. And um, about the Samaritan woman, you know, and Jesus went to Samaria looking for one single woman to show her love. Jesus built a connection and a friendship, a heart-to-heart -heart connection to somebody that is different from him, culturally different, maybe not even so honorable. And he met her. Let's read a little bit from John 4.4. 4. Now, 
He had to go through Samaria, so he came in a town in Samaria called Sishar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about noon, and when a Samaritan woman came to draw the water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Now the disciple had gone into town to buy food, and the Samaritan woman said to him, but you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Now, you have to imagine that the road through Samaria, even though it was the shortest from Jerusalem to Galilee, Jew Jews were avoiding it, right? They were avoiding it because there was a big mistrust between the Jews and the Samaritan. They were not friends, Histo even historically, if there was a link between the two, the two, and there was a combination of commands of the law of Moses that the Samaritan were believing, mixed with some other stuff. So they were in that region, that he was in that region with the disciple, where he was not so welcome. And the woman was coming to pick up water, and quite an unusual hour, she came alone, the well was a social place. They were coming with their friends early in the morning, the other women. They were here in groups. But this woman was so feeling excluded from the society. She was trying to avoid that place. And by tradition, a rabbi, a man, was not speaking to a woman in public, even less a Samaritan. So, and even less asking for a drink of favor. So the woman was extremely surprised that Jesus, with a gender difference, with a social difference, as she was probably not quite at the same standard, the religion's difference, Jew, Samaritan, that he would even talk to her, even more ask her for a drink. But he keep making her curious. He keep drawing this woman into the conversation, connecting with the heart, heart to heart. If we continue, verse 10, Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw from this well, and the well is deep. Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and we drank from him, from himself? And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. And indeed, I give them and they will become a spring of living water, of eternal life in, in them. And the woman wants that water. So, so give me that water so I won't thirst again. And here, he was, spirit, he was talking to a spirit. And you can see that she's reacting. First, she's reacting that this guy is, is 
is asking her for a drink and even speaking to her. Said, you are a Jew. How dare you ask to a Samaritan woman? How can you draw the water from here? Are you greater than our ancestor? So she is quite strong in opinion, right? The Samaritan was answering quite head to head, I would say. But Jesus never answered to her harshly. He kept searching for her heart. He kept trying to connect with her. And let her even express opinion, but went over and touched her heart. How? So he didn't sought to justify himself. He didn't defend even himself. Sometimes we are fighting other people's opinion. Like, you know, we're not agreeing with them. Could be different things, right? It could be COVID situation, political situation, how you run your life, and everything, and the whole thing. What matters, people, is the heart of people. What matters is connecting heart to heart. Opinions? Jesus didn't listen to that woman. He did listen pay really a, t a lot of attention to it, but he didn't answer at the same level. He talked to a spirit. He talked to her spirit. And, okay, I've got, I've heard that garden is not the same in English, so it's the backyard, right? It's a, uh, I've got a backyard, and in that backyard, I had uh, a new neighbor that came two months ago, and in that field that was in my backyard, there was a new house, they built a new house, and I've got this massive big tree close to my, the fence of the neighbor, the new neighbor. That neighbor, hardly say hi to me when he moved into his house. And I was trying to say hi, you well, welcome into the area, trying to be nice. And all the second time I saw him was like, your tree makes shadow into my, into my backyard. Could you cut pieces of your tree? And I'm like, how rude. <laughs> this guy just moved in. You know, it's a new house. My house is a old house from the 900s, you know, so I'm like, oh, I'm settled here, you know, it's an old house, big tree, and that tree is even on a migration path for stock. So, I mean, I can defend that that tree needs to be in place and it's, it's, it's protected, you know, but this guy comes in and he's like, hey, I want you to cut part of your tree, it makes shadow. And it took me two days without... I mean, two days to go over that whole process. How am I going to answer to my new neighbor? Hmm? And finally, I'm like, okay, Lord, I need to work through this. I need to, okay. I, I got peace into my heart. And I, I asked him, well, why don't we have a coffee? and talk together. So we finally got to, to talk. We find an arrangement. I say, yeah, I want to welcome him. And we find an arrangement who's going to cut the pieces of, of, uh, of the tree that makes him shade. And I had to work an entire process right there. 
not to go heads against head, opinions against opinions. So, yeah, I could defend it, you know. I could say hundreds of um, reasons of why not, I'm not listening to you, but God show me, connect to him, connect to him. And, you know, that seems so, um, I would say, low compare, or I would say not so important when things happen into your life. And I want to share a little bit of, of, uh, of my testimony here in short, but when I was 26, uh, I was living in South Africa at the time, li working for... Um, yeah, embassy, political environment and everything. But So I was working there and uh, I was married to a South African. And what happened is that I, was, I got diagnosis with cancer. And in me, I was like, okay, Lord, you're going to work this through, right? You're going to, I don't know, something in me was still holding on to God. But then in the coming months, um, I was. I went back to France, met some friends of mine, and went back to South Africa. They wanted me to stay in France, and I had the, I had a dream and a vision. I needed to get back South Africa. When I went back to South Africa, um, my husband passed away in a plane crash. I was on chemotherapy. I was losing my hair and the whole thing, and then I was like, God. I should have died. That doesn't make sense to me. What is this life all about? Why it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Oh boy. And I was like trying to survive, survive every single day for my health to be able to go one more day, one more day, one more day. And one evening, hey, one evening I was praying. The next I was supposed to go for a PET scan. And, and I was meeting God there and God told me, I placed death and life in front of you from Exodus. Now choose life. And at that moment, the presence of God fell down so thick. And it was like picking up, picking me up from the ground and say, back on your feet, girl, now. Back on your feet. Picking me up and say, back there. And I can't explain, but in me, something came full alignment. Mind, body, and spirit. It was like, you know, divine encounter, totally. And I could feel it. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, hum, if, if that's it, let, let the PET scan be clear tomorrow. I went for the PET scan and it was totally cleared out. <laughs> Healed. Now, I want to tell you something about this I've learned. Is when you are on survival mode, you can't grieve. Every day I was fighting for my life. And I couldn't grieve. It was just one more day. But when God healed me, I could start to grieve and let go of the dreams I had. And God starting to heal my heart. 
and grieve. And he showed me on this floor, I came a couple months later here, and he showed me, give me your pain and all the, 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 the lack of trust. I can do that with you. And he wants to touch our heart again today to let go maybe of the dreams of this past season, to make space for the new things that he wants to do in this season, in this city. You know, when you look at Jesus, he kept making the Samaritan curious about things of God. He made her curious to know who Jesus is. He made her curious about what he could give her, the living water that, that will bring eternal life. And he doesn't stop here. He keeps speaking to her heart. It becomes personal. Oh, wow. So the woman said to him, Sir, give me the living water that's, uh, so that I won't, give me the water so I won't thirst again. And he asked her to go and fetch her husband and to come back. I have no husband. Yeah, and Jesus said, yeah, you're right. You had five husbands. And then it, she was so surprised. Suddenly she was exposed. She was heart to heart. I mean, he was keeping trying to touch her heart. And even though she was looking for satisfaction in the man and everything, she, she was looking for something deeper. And he keep pursuing her. He was not surprised by who she is. He knew where she was coming from. And Jesus revealed to her that he was the Messiah. And if you look at that, it becomes more and more personal in the conversation. She starts to address to him about sir. And then she goes on to, I see you are a prophet. And at the end, she says, a Messiah. There was a revival. There was a, a connection. And there were some things that were coming alive in her heart. She was probably, you know, what struck me is that she was probably not allowed in the temple in areas where she could worship God. She, because of her condition, she felt alone, no real connection with nobody at the well. I mean, that was an example. There was no intimacy. She was probably looking for that true friendship and connection. Imagine for her how freeing it must have been her to find out that she could speak to God. Because Jesus addressed her later on in the verse 22. Yet a time is coming and has now come where the true worshiper will worship the, the Father. The Father in spirit and truth. For these are the kind of worshiper the Father seek. In here, not only we realize that he was talking about God, but about God as a father. Isn't that amazing? And judgment just lift off all the condition. And she felt safe with him. She continued to pursue that connection, feeling safe that even though everything of her life was exposed, she stayed. She stayed there because in her heart there was something that she was looking for. Even, even if ha, there was some thing in her that could have made her run from the first high from Jesus, she stayed. Are we safe for people 
that even when they open their hearts, that, that they don't feel judged, condemned, ashamed, that they can speak to us and that we connect at a heart level, heart to heart, loving them. It requires courage for her to stay there as it requires courage for us to speak to other people, right? <laughs> courage breaks, breaks the yoke, breaks and it brings changes. So I want to encourage you to really not stay at an opinion level, but really go and look at people's hearts. Look at their heart and get out of our comfort zone. Get out of our comfort zone. Uh, you know, I've got some, I was saying earlier, I have, a, I have a, a dog and I walk my dog in the forest, but I'm sure I'm encountering God in that intimate place, but I don't meet people there. I need to get out there to meet the people and to get out of my regular pattern that is comfortable to go there and meet people. My sister, she's living downtown Waterloo. What she does is she goes and walk a dog and talk to all the neighbors. <laughs> she knows the neighbors. She can tell me, oh, in this house, this is happening. And I can see the neighbors coming out of the house, petting the dog and exchanging things with her. That's, hey, that's so healthy. Whatever it looks like of how you can connect with people, walking the dog, inviting your neighbor for coffee, Whatever it looks like, go and serve the city, do it. It's time to move out of our comfort zone and raise up the passion. G guys, there's no time anymore to waste. No time to waste. It's now. And I keep hearing God telling me, I, I, I've, I'm getting, I want a passion to be raised up. Like so passionate that we encounter those miracles when we meet people, that we can speak into their life, hey, not on our watch. Not on our watch, guys. Come on. Not on our watch. Not on our watch. Don't miss out on your neighbor. Don't miss out on that connection. Whatever you've been going through, whatever your life has been, whatever you've tried and you felt, not on our watch. Oh, look at the Samaritan. She didn't at all it right, but she went back to the city. She went back there and speak to all the people that rejected her. That was brave and courageous and certainly out of her comfort zone. She went over, whoop, another one, whoop, another one. I'm going, Jesus, Jesus is the Messiah. He told me everything I've done. And those people, this city was transformed. Let's revive that passion in our hearts. You know, let's revive that. Let's, let's encounter God in every situation. Every situation is an opportunity for people to encounter God. I, I, 
Um, I've been very impacted by the Ukrainian war. Of course, I'm in France, maybe a little bit closer. I don't know how is it fully here. But I was so impacted. And I heard some of our, our pastors and leaders from Catch the Fire sharing testimony on how they got a dream. And the next day, a dream telling them, get out of your house. The next day, they flee the house. And as they went out of the house, it saved their life. That's deep connection. We need that deep connection. And in the middle of that, hey, connect with people. From that place of intimacy, go out. From that connection with the Father, go out. Yeah, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. Get out, out there. God wants to grab your heart. He wants that every person that goes through that door will encounter God's love. Just like this man at the beginning of this sharing. Bring people here. Bring people here. And before we pray, I want to, to share one more story. In, in Lyon, Lyon is... Um, is a city that was there from ancient before Jesus Christ and things. And there was um, a young woman on 150, that's the year, 150. She was put in the middle of the arena, 15 years old, to be killed by lion because of her faith. And you know what she was screaming, attached to a pillow in the middle of the arena. And she was encouraged all the other Christians not to give up their faith. She screamed on top of her lungs, I am a Christian and I've done nothing wrong. That needs to be addressed in our, 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 around us. I'm a Christian. There's nothing wrong about it. I'm a Christian and I've done nothing wrong. And the lion were not eating her. They, weren't, they didn't want to eat her. The bulls were not chasing her. They had to literally kill her, like burning her. But the faith and the connection in her heart, knowing that Jesus saved her life, we need to be that for other people. God has chosen you from the date of your birth for a season like this. He had, when he built eternity, he thought of you. Said, hey, you now, you are chosen by God and you consecrated. That means, like Jeremiah was, you are meant to do much more and everything in us that get us back there, we need to say, okay, finish. Finish this. Let me move out and be full, filled, passionate, connect with people. Now is the time, everyone. Now is the time. Can we stand up? Ah, expect miracles, guys. Expect miracles now. Hey, Holy Spirit, come and shake our hearts of everything that needs to be shaked off. All the fears, all the insecurity, all the failures, bring us life, bring life back again into us.
life. Choose life. New promises, new promises, new promises in your life now. New promises, miracles, healing, praying for people. It's in us. We've got that calling. We've got that authority. Daddy God had you in mind for the season like this. For your nation, for this city, for my country, for Europe. Guys, we want it now. Not on our watch, Father. Shake it off. Shake it off, Lord. We're so sorry for when we just stay in our corner. Didn't listen to you, Holy Spirit. Didn't dare. Went with our own comfort. Teach us to hear your voice even more. And when you say go, we go to that city. We go to our, our friends and our family and our neighbors. Hey, oh, breakthrough, Lord. Breakthrough, 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 Father. Learn to love, guys. Learn to love. There's a city out there. There's a country out there. Gonna teach us to connect with people. Holy Spirit, catch our hearts. A total dependency on you. There is no more option. No other options. We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.